Well, good morning. I'd just like to thank everybody for the opportunity for me just to be up here and uh, just share my heart, share my story, and um, basically explain what's kind of going on in my life. Today's going to be different. Um, it's just a process of what I've been going through over the last year and uh, just some life-giving principles that I believe God has put on my heart to share with everybody. And uh, so, you know, in life we go through different things. We go through terrible and traumatic experiences. Sometimes we don't see the possible endings or why God could even allow them. You know, we go through sickness, relationship breakdowns, emotional, physical hurts, and even death. You know, when we go through these experiences, we often have questions we bring to God. You know, like, why did they have to get sick? You know, why didn't you heal my loved one? You know, why did my spouse have to die? You know, at the beginning of 2022, I asked those questions. My wife, Abby, got sick with COVID and had to have emergency C-section and deliver our twins uh, two weeks early. And then things kind of progressed. Uh, three days later, like the twins had a clean, clean bill of health and everything, and they sent me home with the twins, and Abby had to go to an isolation wing. And uh, for that first, that first part in uh, the isolation wing of uh, London Health Sciences, there was times where I could only text with Abby, do the odd video call. And uh, it was a really difficult time, just that whole separation, um, just because of how things were with COVID. And uh, now as things progressed, uh, she got weaker and weaker, and uh, they decided to make a quick decision to intubate her and put her on a ventilator. And uh, further medical complications came, and on February 8th, my world changed. You know, I would go in, and um, you know, when somebody's on a ventilator, they're sedated and they're uh, like in a medical coma. And so I would go in and I would pray over Abby. And uh, you know, that day I just thought it was another day that I'm, I'm going to go in there. But that afternoon, everything changed. That afternoon, I went standing in faith, and I knew so many of you guys were, were praying with me and believing for a miracle. And, uh, and that day, as, as I held her hand, she passed. In that moment, I was just, I was just in shock. I was just like, why? Why, God? You, you know, I have people around the world praying. Um, all these things, you know, were just standing in faith, you know. And uh, I was just left in shock. You know, that day, I didn't just lose my wife or the mother of my kids. I lost my best friend, and my life was completely shattered. And uh, in the following weeks, I struggled through wave after wave of grief and depression, and then mental health issues came, and uh, I dealt with things like flashbacks of everything in the critical care trauma unit, and had nightmares and, and all sorts of things, and just the trauma of watching Abby pass just sent me spiraling. I just, it was completely broken. You know, I was constantly battling within my own head, thoughts and a reality that felt just utterly hopeless. And I didn't see the end. Didn't see an end at all. I was just angry. I was exhausted. I was pushed beyond anything I'd ever experienced. 
constantly worrying about how to figure out life as a single dad with four kids, and then still trying to do that while I'm struggling with grief and brokenness. And it was just one thing after another, you know, constantly worrying about how am I going to provide for my family. I wasn't, you know, able to work. I was just a mess. And um, I ran into state issues with the government. I tried registering my kids after Abby had passed because things were just so busy. And then I got flagged by the government and they cut absolutely everything off. And uh, it was just a nightmare. And then it was just like, okay, it's the worst time of my life. And now this is another thing on top. It was just one thing after another and another, and another, and I was just at a point, I'm like, I can't see the end of this. I just, I would just wake up every day, and just, I didn't see that end. And uh, while dealing with this, uh, I had a real strange relationship with God, to put it lightly. Um, I felt like I didn't even want to talk to God. I, I, you know, normally I was a person leading worship, you know, singing out, and I would sing boldly, declaring God's goodness and faithfulness, and now all I was left with was questions and grief. You know, some days I would just kind of sit down in my studio and my instruments, and they'd be all around me, and I just, I didn't want to pick anything up. I didn't feel like singing to God, and I would just stare at a wall sometimes. And uh, which, for me, was really far out of the norm, you know, being involved in the worship ministry for a good chunk of my life, and and Abby and I, we led together for 14 years. It was part of our relationship together as we pursued God. So it took me a long time to really get back to this journey where I'm, I'm finally walking with God. You know, I had a lot of questions and a lot of days of venting to God. And um, it, just, it was a process of really kind of because of that whole strained relationship, just like any strained relationship, you just don't even want to see the person, you just don't even want to focus on that person or think. And, but really, I knew through it all, it's, I need to go back and pursue God through this and pursue that relationship, because that's my only way forward. And you know, he's the only one that can bring healing into my life. So it took months for me to kind of get back to that journey. And you know, I was able to start reading my Bible. I was starting to seek God through the midst of it, you know, seeking God for his comfort and, and just his presence. Because, you know, in the midst, we don't have the answers, but we can still seek him in his presence, and we know he's there, and that we know that when he's walking with us, that we can just lay things down at his feet. So as I started the healing process and uh, pursuing God, you know, my mind started to have a bit of clarity, and God started to start showing me things and bringing things back into my mind from the past that I'd learned. And, uh, and so today I just want to kind of share one of them. In uh, Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. And this is where we get the theology of the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And we as Christians, we know we believe that you know, God is omnipotent, omni, uh, omnipresent, but God is a gentleman. He doesn't just force himself into our circumstances. You know, he's there waiting just for the invitation. So I believe as we praise God, there's many things that happen all in that same moment. But one of them is, you know, we're inviting his presence into our lives. At the same time, we can, 
invite his presence into our situation with whatever we're walking through. You know, we can take our worries, our suffering, our pain, and we can just take that, we can just lay that down. We can take that, we can put it on the altar of praise, and we can praise through that. We can, as we lift up our praises, we can lift those things up to him as well. And uh, I really like how Bill Johnson frames the idea of when we take pain and suffering, we put it on the altar of praise, that it has a different aroma unto the Lord. Because in heaven, there is no pain. There is no suffering. So we have a unique opportunity with what our circumstances are to put everything we have on that altar and surrender it to him. As time went on and I spent time with God, I was reminded of a couple times in the Bible where there were grim situations with really no end in sight. In Second Chronicles 20, we've got the historical account of the nation of Judah where it would be in a place of vulnerability where they're being attacked by the Ammonites, Moabites, and the men of Mount Seir. And while they're rising up to attack, King Jehoshaphat made a choice that was very unique. And it was quite different than many would have done in his position. Instead of going up in his own strength and gathering armies, he gathered the people to pursue God's presence. He gathered people to the temple, and they took their situation to the Lord. In verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. And some of the Levites from the Kohathites and Korathites stood up and praised the Lord, God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So two unique things happened in this circumstance. First thing, the king bowed his face to the ground. Kings didn't do that. That In that time period was a sign of surrender or weakness. But he did it because surrendering to the Lord and humbling himself was the only real way. The second unique thing is they worship the Lord for who he is instead of you know, trying to take up arms and deal with things in their own strength. It's kind of, it wasn't really normal behavior back in those times, but it was a correct behavior. And, and King Jehoshaphat understood that. He appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir while they were invading Judah. The invading armies ended up fighting amongst themselves, and they destroyed each other. And the nation of Judah ended up plundering from the battle. And that valley that everything took place at is known as Baraka, which in some translations of the Bible comes up the Valley of Blessing. And this is just the one thing that I was reminded of, that in a dire situation, turning to the Lord, that throughout, you can come out blessed on the other side. And the other side of it is uh, in Acts 16, you know, in verse 16, we look at the account of Paul and Silas, who were put in prison for casting out a demon that was in a fortune-telling girl. And Paul and Silas were stripped, beaten with rods, and thrown into prison. They were put in the inner cell of the prison, and their feet were fastened with stocks. And Paul and Silas took, instead of just complaining or looking at their situation, you know, looking at things could have been dire. We don't, sometimes when we read this account, sometimes we just think, oh, you know, they're in jail. And it's like, people died in jail in those times. If you look through a lot of the 
New Testament history. There's some people that made it, some people that didn't. It was, uh, this was a very tough situation that it could have been their end. But they, didn't, they made a choice as well. Paul and Silas were, were praying and singing hymns to the God while the other prisoners were listening around. And God's presence came into that place, came in that place with a violent earthquake, shaking the foundations and the prison doors, and the chains fell off. And in the end of the story, that's really amazing too, is that the jailer and his whole family got saved out of that. And I, th- I just think of this account because there's times where we worship God for who he is. And through all that, to bring change to our circumstances and blessing and even bless others around us. You know, back in fall of uh, 2021, um, Pastor Jeff and the worship leaders, like, we all got together and we were looking at song lists of you know, new songs that we could introduce for the coming year. And uh, one of the songs that Abby had selected was called Praise Before My Breakthrough. And it wasn't one that I guess I didn't pay attention to till later on. Um, like one of the times when I was just spending time with God in the basement, and I saw that list and I looked at it of all the stuff that we brought forward. And then I thought, oh, what's, what's that song about? You know? And I pull it up and I just, it really hit me in multiple moments because it's my moment now, but it was also so much of what Abby walked. And so today I'm just going to read some of the lyrics and uh, go from there. I know the tension of the now. I don't always understand. I don't always get to see everything. When I'm holding up my hands and I'm counting every breath, Lord, all I need to know is you choose me. You choose me. I'll praise before my breakthrough. So my song becomes my triumph. I sing because I trust you. And I will bring my heart. And I will bring my song. And I'm listening for your voice. And I'm shutting out that noise. I know that you will speak clearly. When I'm stepping out in faith, and when I'm stepping on the sea, I know you take my hand, and you walk with me walk with me. And he, he who came in power, he will come again. He who heals the sick, he will move again. He who raised the dead, won't he raise the dead? And I will sing. And I will sing. And I'll praise before my breakthrough till my song becomes my triumph. I will sing because I trust you. And I'll bring my heart. I'm going to lift my song. And I sing because I trust you. I worship because I trust you. I sing because I love you. And I will bring my heart. I will lift my song. This spoke to me a lot in so many ways because of Abby's life and so much that she walked you know, she walked through many challenges in her life. She dealt with mental health from a, a young age. She had severe ups and downs and, and things that she didn't see the reasons or even the outcomes. But through all the anxiety, depression, and all the other issues that would come up against her in life, she made a choice 
to worship and trust God. When she sang in worship, she came from a place of honesty and authenticity. She would face issues, but make choices to praise before her breakthrough. She would lift her song to God. And through that, through that choice, she received victory. Now, this is something that I'm walking through. It's a choice, really. It's just a choice to praise before my breakthrough. I don't, I don't see behind it all, but I still have a choice to trust God and worship God for who he is. And through all that, I know that he is still good. And I've seen his goodness. So I'm standing here today. I've seen his goodness. He's brought breakthrough in my life. and He's taken care of my needs. God is just through step by step by step by step. He has been there. It's a daily thing where you have to walk and say, okay, God, I need you. I need you today. Every morning, I've learned to, the things that I carry, the grief, the pain, suffering, I every morning say, God, here it is. And I'm going to worship and I'm going to trust you. And, and through all this, God has put people into my life through the grie- grieving process to be constant supports for me. Um, just as my journey continues, because this is still the walk that I walk daily. You know, earlier I mentioned about things like hardships with the government and being in a, a position where, you know, uh, things were pretty tough. I was looking at the bank account and it was kind of getting pretty empty there. And I'm going, okay, God, what am I going to do? You know, I was thinking, am I going to have to sell my house and move in with my parents? Or There was different things that were, you know, it looked like really rough. I, but as I, in those moments, I said, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. I know you're going to take care of me. And, and God sent individuals, um, some of them I didn't even know, to take care of my needs, some through the local community, some through churches across Canada. And month by month, God would take care of one thing after another, be this bill, be that bill, be groceries that week. God just, it was there, he was there, he was there. And it was just a really surreal thing to actually see that happening. But it's just another sign of God's goodness through it all. So today, I, I, I just want to stand here as an encouragement. That, and anybody that's watching online, that with whatever your circumstances, big or little or whatever, don't disconnect from God. So many times we have that where we just, that would be our choice, is just to disconnect from God and you know, walk away and go and question everything. But through it all, pursue God because he is good and he loves us. So before I hand things back to Pastor Tamil, um, I just want to say a thank you to so many at the Evergreen family who have been here for me you know, throughout this time. Um, you know, we we're a fairly new family uh, coming here. Uh, but you guys have just taken us in as your family. And uh, it's been a huge support. You know, like, I, I think back to all through different times, you know, like when I was discharged, we had, you know, I know Natalie and Kim from the women's group had got me some stuff, like baby stuff, and were, were there to support me. 
Um, you know, uh, so many of you stood in faith and prayer for Abby. And I, was just, I just knew, I could feel that. And just knowing that everybody's there was so huge. Um, you know, and when, you know, time came with the, the funeral, you know, Pastor Jeff and Tamil took care of everything. Um, and, and I didn't have to worry. It was, you know, and I got guys like Phil and Richie who um, made sure that the live stream and media was perfect. And we had about a thousand people watching that day. And, uh, and then, you know, so many of you um, brought me meals and just took care of my needs practically. And, uh, and so many, I get to meet so many of you guys through all of that. And it's been truly amazing. Um, and then, you know, I got people like Carol Hebert. Um, where's Carol at? She's probably at. She's hall monitor. Okay, well, <laughs> she was really awesome. She was one of the first people to call me and um, basically say, you need help. She says, I got the army of grandmas ready. And so she has so many people of you came in and helped me out during the day with the twins. And it's been huge. And um, just knowing your love and support has been huge, you know. And I was blessed to have even Carol, you know, be there with me as well. Because she was also another person who understood what it was like to lose a spouse. So I just want to say thank you for everybody that's just been my family through all of this. And just uh, thank you for all of you that are continuing to walk with me through this journey.